when you go into a game with a great coach and a great game plan, you feel like you will prepare for anything that may come your way. With Love and Light Doula Agency, you will also feel like you have a great coach and game plan. Love and Light Doula Agency specializes in postpartum support, fertility support, labor support, and surrogacy consultations. Call 410-657-8767 today or visit the website loveandlightdoula.com to get started. That's 410-657-8767 and loveandlightdoula.com. Schedule your consultation today. One last time, 410-657-8767. L-O-V-E-A-N-D-L-I-G-H-T-B-O-U-L-A.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and their guests. They do not reflect the views or positions of our sponsors. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening, you're watching Sideline Talk. I'm the humble beast himself, Coach Her. What's up, fellas? What's going on? It's your boy, the fantasy football icon, Coach Taze, back in the building, baby. You starting early. Where is your house here in the place to be? Early. First week OTAs, here, let everybody know. Fantasy football icon. I'm just letting them know. Off the break. Oh man, hey, I, I listen, listen. I would not coach Tay, but I'm gonna be honest. When it comes to fantasy football, you know, he got he got some hardware to back up his icon status. The year that he has from that hardware, you know, that's neither here nor there. You know, <laughs> however, <laughs> he know what he's talking about. That's all I would say. It's not because of lack of knowledge. You know exactly what he's talking about, for sure. We got a good show lined up for y'all, man. We're going to discuss um, NBA playoffs, and as some of you see, OTAs is here. Yes. Football season never ends at sideline talk. Never, ever, ever, ever. So we'll be discussing what we expect from OTAs. Um, Coach Saban had some spicy, real spicy news over the weekend. So we'll be discussing, you know, his statements. And then also, um, you know how I go with sideline talk, man. <laughs> the, the knowledge is going to be flowing. The laughter is going to be flowing. It's going to be a good time, man. So let's go ahead and start things off here. First question. <laughs> <laughs> Will anyone? <laughs> yeah, you see, you you see, see the, the shirt. shirt right? We see the shirt. You see the shirt, right? <laughs> Let me say this: this series was a win-win for me. I'm a Mavericks fan, so if the Mavericks won, it'd be great for me. Everything, but I'm also a Steph Curry fan. 
You guys know this. I'm a big advocate for Steph. Um, so to answer your question, will anyone beat Golden State this year? I don't, I'm not sure, but I can tell you one thing. It won't be the Mavericks. <laughs> that I can tell you. Um, you know, I was talking in this basketball group that's on sideline talk about what the Mavericks lack. And you can see it in game two when they had that big lead and then Golden State start chipping away. And Reggie Bullock starts shying away from shooting the ball. Finney Smith starts shying away from shooting the ball. They never attacked the basket with the exception of Brunson in that game two. And I was just like, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because they won't attack the basket and they're not making three-point shots. And now Reggie Bullock is scared to, to shoot ultimately. Reggie Bullock went 0 for 10 last night. Insane. Okay. Uh, what's his name? Kleber. Kleber went 0 for 5 last night, and he he's scared to shoot this series. All right. Then it's just going to be a sweep, and that's just what it's going to be. And they can get some extra rest going into the game. The finals, I mean. Al, you had some some rather, I won't say spicy, but intriguing posts in the Facebook group, hashtag sideline talk. Uh, for those of y'all who just joining, we're discussing, will anyone beat Golden State this year? Uh, we have a comment. Shout out to my man, Chris. He says, maybe, maybe a healthy Boston. And that's a big maybe. But before we, you know, we go ahead and break that down. Al, let's talk about it, man. I like the consensus speech that Coach Tay just gave. It sounded like Luca in his press conference yesterday. <laughs> you know, Luca talked about the offseason. All right, you got one more game to play, buddy. Possibly, possibly two, possibly three, possibly four. But he just already conceded. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, leadership is a skill. That was the post that I put earlier today in Facebook group. And it's not necessarily a shot at Kevin Durant. It's more so a shot at his running mate. Because I was told all year by some people in this group that Kyrie Irving is the most skilled point guard. Well, leadership is a skill. And he left a leader in Steph Curry who was about to take his team to the finals to go to a person named Kyrie that cares nothing about anybody besides Kyrie. I've said it. I said he was flaky. I said it when that shit happened. I called it the flake and cake connection. Now, if you look at the, um, the temptations, they had a little mini series back in the day. And when they were performing on the dead clock show, it was the nigga who left the group that was watching them mad at the bar. That's Kevin Durant. If he ain't got a burning account by now, that nigga about to create one. <laughs> Not David Ruffin. <laughs> Not David, man. <laughs> Not David Ruffin, Al. Oh, I mean, my I see God. a comment on here that says it's a stress to say Steph is taking him. I mean, they had a top five pick when Steph was out. I mean, it may not be Steph taking them, but when he there, they get in the finals. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, listen, listen. When he there, they in the finals. With or without KD, 
Like I said, if he signed his name at the bottom of the birthday card, and that has nothing to do with his skill. It's just, nigga, you signed your name to the bottom of a card that was already there. It's already created. There's so much to respond to. In that. So you made a 73 and 19 better. That's a, that's a testament enough to your skill right there. You had nine years of dealing with Russell Westbrook. I dealt with Russell Westbrook for six months. And yeah. damn it, halfway out on the Lakers just because he got Westbrook. So I get it. <laughs> not a not <laughs> to KD at all. So but you kind of made the bottom of the birthday card because it was a cake and a card already there, and you made it better. It, it is a lot to discuss. I refuse. Like I'm 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 upset. I'm thinking the leadership thing was gonna be like something to big up stuff to like another shot at Luca or something. No, nah, I don't got no shots at Luca to done. This man What's talking about Kyrie. <laughs> they was out two rounds ago. Right, Kyrie home playing GTA. He talking about the good old days. Like, come on, oh man, but, man back but, on a reservation, bro. But but Steph Curry is a leader. A Steph big Curry leader. is definitely a leader. And like his said, leadership, and, be, and because of his leadership style, and he's very skilled at it, as you you know you're, you're talking about. But his leadership style, in my opinion, is why when um when Angel says it's a stretch to say Steph is taking them, is taking them to you know the finals. Golden State is a machine. I get that. Mm-hmm. It's a well run organization. That's but as well. if the leader, if Steph wasn't the selfless leader that he is. It wouldn't be as smooth as 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 they make it out to be, right? So and that speaks to leadership as well. I mean, yeah, there's a stable franchise, and like I said, now it's a stable it is, franchise, now it is, yeah, right. But since they had stuff and Mark Jackson started it, he created the base. I'm not going to leave out Mark Jackson, but Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr carried on that um that stability, right? Like it's 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 beautiful. I, I personally don't think well I'm struggling because I don't think nobody's gonna beat Go to State. Let's just start there. I think Go to State wins it all. And the reason is because the way the game is played, when you look at the, the four teams that's in it, the strengths and the way their their play style is and the way the game is officiated, they're not gonna beat Go to State. Because everyone loves to play small ball. If you look at the best lineups, Miami's best lineup, that, and they won um, two days ago, they were extremely small. You had Kyle Lowry. Um, what's the young boy? I forgot the young boy name. Uh, Jimmy. This perfect, yeah, Jimmy was still in at the time. Uh, Bam. And I think it was Oladipo. That's basically four guards and Bam. Now, granted, Bam is more of a rim protector, so him protecting the rim against like Golden State would be better than what Dallas offers because Dallas ain't got no rim protection whatsoever. But I just think the way the ball moves around, the way um, Golden State gets in the lanes, come off pin downs, the inside out, like it's too much for Miami. And size wise, Looney, you get Looney, you get. Kaminga, who ain't really been playing this series, you can throw a couple bodies at him. 
to switch it up for Miami. And I don't think they can match up well. Whereas Boston, they can match up size-wise. I just think they don't have enough firepower. Because they show, they, they show, like, not only is firepower, but they show they, like, they're banged up one. And then two, it's like they're hot and cold. It's like they start up, they start down. Like they go through little laws and stretches where it's like, bruh, they they like starting to unravel. And then something happens and it picks it back up. But I, I don't mean, think you could do that too often against Golden State. They technically only had two bad quarters. And those two bad quarters actually is why Miami is ahead. Because they just fell down early and they just could not overcome that. So I don't know. I don't think Miami has enough firepower. Besides Jimmy and Jimmy having to flare up in his knee, I don't well, think they yeah, have I, enough firepower at all. I, I agree think? with I agree with that. As far as in this series, I picked Boston to beat them. But as far I'm just looking at both teams, if they were like making a case for both teams against Golden State, that's what I'm saying against Golden State. I don't think besides they, Jimmy, Miami has enough firepower. Maybe from what I'm I'm looking because Bam finally had a a great game. Now, Bam can probably keep that going because go to state front line, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't I, I was saying from, from a rim protection standpoint, like having oh, somebody at, at like Bam inside, go to state can't get into the lanes as, as easily as they did, especially in this Dallas series because it's like the white well, power ain't trying to block a damn thing. Well, the white power's not on the court. And when I he said, is, it's like he's still ain't on the court. Well, that's because he they put him in a high pick and roll situation where he has to come up on stuff, which everybody has to come up on stuff, or he's gonna shoot it, right? But my thing is, if you're gonna have, what's the point of having Cleaver on the on the court if he's not gonna shoot? It's pointless. And what's the point of having Bertans on on the court if he's not gonna shoot? So at that point, you put Powell on the court, and that helps you out offensively in my opinion, and it helps you out defensive board-wise because Kevon Looney's killing them on the offensive board, whether it's tip-outs, whether it's offensive rebounds, whether it's getting inside, making plays in the paint. Powell could essentially help you with that, but he's not playing. And not to mention offensively, Powell can help you in pick-and-roll game get more penetration inside. So if how many times have we seen Powell catch lives from either Brunson or Luka this year or whatever the case may be? To me, that's the key to beating Golden State. You have to penetrate and get them into foul trouble and put them and put yourself on the line. Especially when you're shooting 35, 30 to 35 threes a game and they're not dropping for the other guys. So if Bullock's not hitting threes, if uh what's the other guy? Finney Smith not hitting threes, it's kind of a wrap. Like even with Brunson playing as well as he's playing, it's kind of a wrap for them. So the only person that, in my opinion, that can beat them is is a healthy Celtics team because all of them can get to the rim at will. Jalen Brown can get to the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Smart can get to the rim. Uh, Little Yo, Slicing Yo can get Tatum can get to the rim, and then you got Hal Horford as well that can be a presence inside uh, for Boston. That's how you beat Golden State. The reason why Golden State was was in trouble versus Memphis is because when they, Memphis started penetrating and kicking and dishing, Memphis was hitting wide open shots. You got to be able to hit those shots against Golden State and to not, match what they do. And, and not to mention, 
because I like I don't know if you guys seen the, the pregame, they showed um Jason Kidd, you know, breaking the game down by the numbers and saying we have to get in the lanes against Golden State. And I thought it was like um a chess move by Steve Kerr to come out with like a some type of like a matchup two three zone where they blitz, you know, they 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 blitz Luke at the top, but then had um three you know the three players back to guard the rim. Essentially, that would slow up the thought process of um attacking the basket. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like you seen in the game, like once Dallas swung the ball around, attack got in the lanes, it was success. Whether it was a wide open three, whether it was a layup, it was successful. Then he went through laws when it was like they can't attack the basket for some reason. And it's just it's ridiculous. Like you don't attack, you're gonna lose. That's and that's simple basketball, to be honest. That's not the recipe to be go to state. That's just the recipe to be successful and to be multiple. Rock says, uh, if the Heat won, it'll be better for the Warriors because they can play the actual lineup they want to play. The Heat are completely too small. Absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all on the same page. Boston is the best matchup. Um, Miami's the best matchup. The Laker and you say Miami's the best matchup. I understand. <laughs> like, I think... Like if that happens, do y'all think that that series will go seven, Boston and uh, Golden State? No, like you said, they're too beat up. Yeah, I don't know what their injuries. Yeah, yes, Mark Henry's beat them out, right? Well, they they playing, they, they playing, playing, but they're they like hurt. nagging, like yeah, it depends. They need no nagging injuries. Same thing with Jimmy yeah. and um, Harrow and um, well, Kyle Harrow tonight. Tyler Heroes out tonight, yeah. Um, so that that's 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 a good transition. Who's that? He can play. They can't play zone. No, they can't play zone against Golden State. They're way too small. Way too small (laughs) to play zone. Like like Boston, Boston can play like a matchup zone against Golden State because they have the defenders and they have the size. But will they make it to the next round? And that brings us to the next question. What does Boston have to do to win tonight? We got word earlier today that Tyler Hero is out for the game tonight. They got to lock in. I'm sorry, I mean, if you want to take this one, but they got to lock in. Um, like I said, they've only pretty much played bad for two quarters out of the eight. It just so happens that those two quarters they played horrible, and you can't pick a worse time to have a bad time. Like, these are the finals. Like, I mean, not the finals. These are the Easter Conference finals. Your chance to get to the finals. When you have that home court advantage, you can't come out that flat. And y'all had them down with Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy <laughs> Butler was out. <laughs> when Jimmy Butler was out, y'all had them down. So, y'all got to close the deal. Nigga said Jimmy Smith. Nigga, he's going to retire. <laughs> he can be back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man, shout out to everybody that's on on the chat, man. That's on the live. I appreciate y'all, man. Shout out to uh Justin with that uh the keep that same energy podcast. We we're gonna be linking up real soon. Y'all see Justin, he'll be 
he a resident in sideline talk we'll we'll be linking up real soon oh man so if y'all just tuning in we're discussing if you're just tuning in we're discussing what does boston have to do to win tonight John, you came to say it again i just think they have to not settle you cannot settle for three pointers. Like you, to me, you got to attack the basket. You attack the basket and you put the pressure on Miami. Um, and I think another thing they have to do is you got to slow the game down. Miami has a way of just bombarding you with. They got those that emo shot quality that Golden State has. Like Golden State hits emo shots, and you just like, all right, well, what are we gonna do now? And sometimes that that can be Miami as well. So I think Boston, you slow the game down. But you also attack the basket and you stay aggressive and you try to put them in, in situations where they have to even make a decision to either cloud cloud the key and then you can kick out and, and possibly hit your shot. Okay. So we got John, what you thinking? Al Horford got had one of him his little light up switch games. <sighs> That's the only way he gonna they gonna fucking win because if Bam is keep doing what he doing, they just don't stand a chance. They too fucking small. They keep they keep getting um out rebound. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown keep turning the ball over no matter what series they in. So and you can't do that versus Miami. So no matter the lineup, if Lowry starts hitting and then African yo he figure out what he needs to do in that lineup, oh, my, Miami gonna be crazy. Um, do some damage. Is Africa your big? Yeah, Yo, shout out. You should know. You should know. Shout out to my man Oladipo. Like Oladipo had a hell of a game <laughs> last uh, the previous game. Yeah, hell of a game. Like they don't win without Oladipo for sure. I was, I was always a fan of Vic, even in the Orlando days. So yeah, but even with uh, Bam having like slow game one and game two, he was very efficient. He did he did what he needed to do, and when they called his name for game three, he balled out. And if Al Horford can't stop him and can't control that or whoever's supposed to uh, play him at that position, they're going to get fucking washed. If they're going to keep turning the ball over, they better hope. only way Boston's going to win this game is Al Horford have a 20-plus point night and <clears throat> they control the rebounding. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. I think – I think uh, – well, Rock says – Start the little white guy. I think he's talking about Pritchard. Um, love his energy and the fact that he can create for others as well as make shots. I could see him starting. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard. Right. Oh, that's another player I told you about a couple years ago that the Lakers should draft, but that's neither here nor there. You know how I mean, that goes. Drafting nobody till twenty. You know how, you know, hey, when you, when we had pitch, you know how that go. I kept telling you these guys, and they look. Desmond Bain, Peyton Pritchard. See, neither here nor there. Whatever. I mean, we ain't got picks, so Russell Westbrook's grandkids is in the goddamn league now. So, right. I don't give a damn about no draft. I think Boston simply just has to play that game. The fact that um, Hero is out, Jimmy didn't finish the previous game. He's going to try to play today. If Boston can just. Play their style, um, take care of the basketball, and take advantage of of, of mismatches. Like Victor Oladipo has been playing well. 
However, he's still recovering from his previous injuries. Running so, um, I think they attack the paint. See more instead of like instead of a lot of ISO ball. Um, I would like to see Tatum like like a mid post area where he can just really thrive right then and there and create for others. Still, Pritchett will be a good a good uh, addition because he can move out the ball as well as bring it up and create. So I just think Boston is lining up for Boston to just play that game and win tonight. <clears throat> Simply because one, they they are the better team, and just for tonight, they're the healthier team. I think. All right. Moving on. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. We all we heard Saban's comments. Although Nick Saban's delivery, Coach Saban's delivery was wrong, does he have a point about NIL deals? I'll go first. Look, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You cannot. The Alabama Crimson Tide has been exploiting the recruiting process for years and beating everyone in it. Now, soon as the playing field becomes even or everyone else has a chance to get recruits by other means, whatever means it is, whether it's legal or not, you can't complain now, in my opinion. You had you had plenty of opportunities to to get. You got the same opportunities everybody else have. The playing field's even, so do what you got to do, or shut up about it. Mm. But don't sit here and try to current this situation by complaining about the fact that everybody else has a chance to get other recruits now. And I I, I seen somewhere that like. Eventually, if you had the number one recruiting class, you will be in that top championship contender <clears throat> list now. Like so, everybody else has that chance now. So don't don't complain about it. Either find a way to get your players some NILs, or shut up. Mm. And that's just my opinion on it. I don't like what he's. I don't like how. I'm trying to say be be real smart about the way I say this to not come across as as. Uh, yeah, but you, you understand what I'm saying. You you can't complain now. And I think he's trying to use his influence to get something changed by throwing it out there in the media. That was very strategic by him. It was not something he was just asked the question about and he just said something. He, that was strategic. He came in there with that on his mind to say and to try to get some influence across the board from NCAA. I like how you said that. And I like how Coach Prime responded to it. Um, Shannon Sharp said he called them up. And Shannon Sharp was more pissed off about what Nate, Nick Saban said than Prime was. And Prime was saying he wasn't talking about me or talking to me. He was talking to his, his boosters, his recruiters, trying to tell them to spend more money. Because Texas A&M, Texas is wealthy as hell when it comes to oil. So now you got to contend with Texas A&M. You got to contend with LSU. You got to contend with all of these schools around you that can get that that leg up that you've always had legally now. So 
you got to actually do more work than what you had to. So, yeah, you got to reach out to your boosters and say, hey, we need this money. They're getting a million dollars for a quarterback. I'm just throwing the round figure out there because um, he said that's what the um, Jackson State recruit got, which both has disputed, Prom and the, the actual recruit himself. <clears throat> You're getting million-dollar quarterbacks. So what Nick Saban was saying wasn't necessarily wrong or a point about the NILs. It's a point to his boosters. Hey, we need more money. So before you before you uh jump in, John, I'm Nick Saban, if I'm, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds all right. He broke down what NIL was, what it was meant to be. He was saying that um one they have 25 guys on the team this past season who will have NIL deals. And what it is was, was basically like like a job almost like um guys have the the opportunities to make money off their image, you know, from autographs, you know, jerseys, whatever, whatever. And he's all for it. And then he went on to say that um he started talking about uh, a collective that schools have where they get money from boosters and then boosters, you know, they put money up and then like the whole program is equal. They split the money, each player, whatever, whatever. Just, I'm just trying to, I'm paraphrasing it a bit, Mm -hmm. but it seems like his biggest beef was, Schools are taking that collective that was like agreed upon and using that as if it was NIL. So during the recruiting process, it's like, oh yeah, well, one, you can make money in NILs, but we can also offer you this amount of money. And then that's kind of like that's not an even playing field, is what he's saying. And it's like it's like it's like in my opinion, it seems like you you dipping from two pots. You get your NIL bag, and you can get a bag on me if you come to my school. And then like if if say a booster pays like you mentioned Al a million dollars for a quarterback, and say the quarterback doesn't play year one, year two, and then he transfers, then you can be sitting like yo, bro, I gave a million dollars for nothing. I mean that's that what makes the whole process. That makes the whole. <clears throat> The whole recruiting process, you know, terrible. That's, the, that's where that's my biggest. I'm sorry, sorry my fault. That's where my biggest beef with the NIL lies. Actually, is with the transfer portal, not necessarily NIL, mm-hmm. because you can transfer at any time. Like it's wide open. You literally can transfer a week before you play a team. Like you can transfer from Michigan to Ohio State a week before you play them, and there's no rule stopping that. That's true. But that's what I'm saying. That's the risk you're willing to pay. <laughs> like, and and come on, Coach Saban. This is not come on. You ain't got all them recruits. Honestly, let's just be real. You mean you ain't never wanted to go to Tuscaloosa? Who the hell want to go to Tuscaloosa? <laughs> but, but, well, let's, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. All right, shout out, shout out to Rocky Say, uh, first time viewer. Something good, something original. Keep props, respect, keep it up. We appreciate you, man. Black ESPN. I like it. 
Definitely appreciate you, man. Um, but this like what Coach Saban offers that's different from other power five schools, in my opinion, since he's been in Alabama, is if you come there, there's more than a 60% chance that you're going to be a better football player and you're going to get drafted. And they have resources, you know, around the school that that's fits. Like you hear from, from, from the alumni that like, yo, this is basically the NFL. You got this, you got, you got the trainers, you got the programs, you got, then you see the barbershops, you got the leisure stuff. Like not everybody's giving you that luxury. And, and, and access and access because you're Alabama. I think all of the other SEC schools offer that as well, though. When you but that's, 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 the, that's the problem. Hold up, but this, this is the problem. Same, but this the this the this the real issue at the end of the day because um, Dion was 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 talking about this shit even last year about sure. how the transfer um, portal was bullshit and how it was ruining kids' um, recruiting process and they don't have the real luxury of like enjoying um, just teams wanting them for them, but. I don't even look at it as a Saban thing because Saban will still won't get his fucking players. He's still going to be top five recruiting class or whatever. Should he have said it? No. Another coach who has nowhere near the capabilities of Alabama, Ohio State, um, USC, Texas, to that standard of the NIL rule. I mean, how can you recruit? How can you keep up? How can you say that you're going to be actually a, be a playoff college team and have to compete with the SEC or any other school? Nobody's going to go to fucking Minnesota and be like, yeah, you know, we can change this whole narrative or any other school that you can think of. No, they're going to go to the top 10 schools. They're going to get paid. However, they're going to get paid under the table and they're going to look the other way. It's just whatever the um the boosters got to do, what they've been doing, now they're going to do a new creative way with the NIL. It's going to be done until somebody step in and this shit ain't going to change. When a new rule going to get implemented, they're going to do something else under the table. So it's just going to be a revolving door where the rich keep getting richer. So I don't think Nick, Nick Saban should have had something to say about it. I said another coach should have said something about it and pointed out to everybody. Somebody should have called out Nick Saban or the other big high coaches. That's how the shit should have went and then would have looked at it way different. It just looked like Nick Saban was just crying about some bullshit and he was being a pussy at that, that time. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm Agreed. not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken Nick himself. Saban has the second highest, the second highest recruiting class. He's number two. He was crying because Texas A&M was number one. Well, his, I, I agree with John. His staff had the number right. one, and you got mad about it. Like, come on, yo. This this NIL deal is what they saying now. It's been done a different way. Like mm-hmm. you said, they, whether they using that money, they double dipping. Okay, well, this has been happening forever, sure. and it's going to continue to happen. I'm hoping that Mario Cristobal. <laughs> get to Miami, get some of that, you know, that double dip going on. That's Where all I'm that? you know, That's all I'm saying. Come on, Mario, get in there, get some NILs or something. <laughs> oh, so what y'all think about um Fisher's comments though? Especially, you know, how Fisher said uh well in particular in specifically when he said that you guys you know, hold him in such high regard. He's on your Mount Rushmore, but start looking to his background, how he got players. Like, I, mean, I thought that was interesting because Jimbo was on the staff. Yeah, 
That's what I'm saying. Like, like, whoa, like, like, wait a minute. You dry snitching, bitch. Like, like, hold on. That's what you sound like. Like, Sabin, you gonna snitch on us? We, I'm snitching right right back. Like, I know where the, I know where the skeletons are buried. Like, you don't (laughs) try to call me out on that. Yo, that's my point. That's my point. It's been done, and it's gonna continue to be done. That's why I ain't buying the whole Nick Saban saying this thing. Cause Nick, you didn't done some stuff. I ain't need to hear. I ain't need to hear Jimbo Fisher say that for me to know Nick Saban doing some stuff. I mean, I've been calling hey, Nick Saban for for years because he's been doing some underhanded stuff. I, I know. Right. I mean, and and it's, for years. And, it's, and as far as his his uh his character is concerned, okay. I mean, it is what it is. You don't get to be successful like that and not have that type of character. That's, That's just what it is. Right. Or I come mean, across as having that type of character. I don't think anybody is going to actually do what Jimbo Fisher said and look into it. CBS gets paid too much money to play Alabama games on on Saturdays and then yeah. turn right around and have Tony Romo on on Sunday. They damn sure ain't going to do it. Yeah, they damn sure ain't trying to you know, put Florida on TV every Saturday. We on TV every Saturday, goddammit. At CC yeah. Network, Tim Tebow. <laughs> Shout out Tim Tebow. <laughs> if Tebow ain't had that deal, boy, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> All right, man. Like I said, OTAs is here. But before we start talking about uh, the the home team's OTAs and everything, what NFL games are you most looking forward to this season? Well, I'm not trying to bring the home team up, but I'm literally looking forward to the Bengals, the Bengals-Ravens game. Okay. Last year was a fluke. Last year was this. We weren't injured. I mean, we was injured. Oh, okay. Let's see where we at now. I'm looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to the um to the Rams and the 49er game. Um Bolster should be back healthy this year, right? Um I'm looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to the Y'all are gonna think I'm crazy. Y'all gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm looking forward to the Jets Miami game. I want to see what the Jets players got. These new Jets, I want to see what they got. I want to see um, what type of mindset Robert Salah is bringing into that team. Even with the young guys, are they going to be ready to go? So I'm I'm real in- anxious to see the Jets play. I mean, that's not too crazy, man. The Jets been making moves. Also, I think well, both of their offense is supposed to be improved now. So with so, new coaches, bro. Second it's all about, coach and the, first year coach. It's all about the the the, uh, the development of Wilson. You know, the jump he takes from, from year one to year two. Because you can have so many guys in place, but ultimately he's – they go as far as he go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could try to, to um, follow the method that um, San Fran does to make them successful. And you know, depended on the run a lot more. San Fran, Baltimore, um, Seattle, if you will, those three teams in particular usually get the get the uh stigma that they run the ball more than others. You could try that with Wilson, but he still had to air that thing out and develop. So I I'm with y'all. I'm looking forward to that game as well. Uh shout out to the home, shout out to Remy, Raven Saints. 
Mm. He said he's looking forward to that. That's because he's going to be in the building. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be out there. Remy, down the street. Yo, we need to come down and holler with Remy down there, man. Hey, Remy, first drink's on me when I get down there. <laughs> <laughs> Remy said Roger Goodell must hate the Jets. Look, I didn't see this. Look at that opening nine weeks. Bruh. I think every game is brutal for the Jets, though, because it's the Jets. But let me, let me beat the schedule. Hold up. That schedule is just brutal. But see, me, I, I would, as a coach, I'm I'm using that. I'm using that. I want that yeah. schedule. We the ones got something to prove. Fact. Not anybody else. So this is an opportunity for us to go out here and, and prove something to the league that we are not the Jets of old. We're a different Jets team. And that's why I said I'm looking forward to the mindset to see the mindset that Robert Salah brings in. I don't if he comes out and they're not trying to run the ball and slow the clock down and all, and they're being aggressive and they're taking chances with Zach Wilson, then I'm all for it. That's a, that's how you change your narrative about your team. That's how you change what my team used to be, what y'all mm-hmm. thought my team was. You come out with a different narrative and a different mindset. So that's why I'm interested in seeing. If not, then there's no point in him being there because you could have did that with. Adam Gase as right. your as your coach. Right. I like Salah, but they gonna be looking to scout five by week. That's all I'm saying. Schedule look a real top five is top three is this, <laughs> this is the first nine games. This is the first nine games. You got Baltimore, then you go to Cleveland, then you come back and play Cincinnati, then you go to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. then Miami. Then you go to Green Bay. Then you go to Denver. Then you come home, play New England, and then Buffalo. Then you get a bye, and they come right back and play New England. That's. It's no better way. It's no better way. I love it. There's no better way to prove yourself. (laughs) Only thing you're proving is you're going to get some nice tickets to them games after, like, week three. Speaking of them, they're cheap for week one. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Rip said he likes Sala. If that rock, you, you trolling. Tell my Eagles to the Super Bowl. I ain't even, ain't even doing that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I like the moves they made, though. Right. Yeah, I mean, they got, Eagles they got to the top of the NFC East. I can go on that one. I ain't going to say he's Super Bowl. Ooh. Hmm. New York is making some really good moves, man. Like, I hope they do well. And this is like the year. They set up perfectly for them to do well this year. Like, everybody has the, the, for some reason, everybody has the Bills on this pedestal where they're like two games better than everybody in the AFC. And then it's like, all right. And that's the games that I really want to see is is week one. You started off. You got the Rams. Everybody wanted to believe that she's supposed to be in the Super Bowl or, or and be a champion because of Josh Allen. We're going to see. Statement game. How y'all doing? I'm everybody, by the way. <laughs> but can you really learn too much in week one from a team? Yeah. How, you yeah. can definitely learn your, your mindset. You got from now – until September to put your I mean, game plan in. You better not come off flat. I mean, outside of outside of yeah, outside of that, you like you you know you prepared or you or you know you didn't prepare as well 
or you didn't perform to the degree that you prepared. But other than that, what, what else can you learn from a team in week one? I'm gonna learn you how to learn approaches. Approach. You can learn the mindset of a team in week one. Well, then again, they can also revert back. Like we thought when the Ravens played in Miami and they came out guns and blazing, oh, that's the team we're gonna be now. And then lo and behold, we, we changed back. So I mean, if, if a team can keep the mindset. You can learn a lot from the teams, like how they're going to approach the season. I mean, with the the Bills, what I'm interested in in week one against the Rams is what did Brian Dayball bring to your, to your offense? I think Brian Dayball was a great offensive coach. Was he your offense, or did he help elevate what your guys already could do? And now, you know, they take that and infuse a new offensive coordinator that's been there already and just continue on that same elevation. That's what I'm looking forward to when we won, especially against a top coach and um, Mike Shanahan. And shout out to his um, black defensive coordinator. I forgot his name, too. Morris. Morris, there you go. But you bring up a good point about the offensive, you know, coordinator change. Because I was in the same boat last year with um, Tennessee. Because you know Arthur Smith got the job down in in um, Atlanta, and they just promoted someone from a thin Tennessee offense. You know, it's pretty much same thing. They didn't seem as explosive. As a year before, but you know, it was solid. So typically I would think Ken Dorsey can do a pretty good job, you know, stepping in for Dave Ball in Buffalo. Remy said he he said we're gonna learn we can still option we we still think we can option our way to a Super Bowl. Um <laughs> I wanna see <laughs> I'll start. I wanna see how the Colts offense and the Chargers defense look. Very, very good. Let's start there with the um, let's start with the Chargers defense. Adding John's favorite player, his favorite pass rusher, <laughs> Khalil <laughs> Mack. Yeah, that motherfucker don't have more. I, mean, <laughs> I ain't gotta say, shit. I'm just gonna look at y'all like, told y'all. So, what you, what you mean to me? The pressure on Joey Bosa, it's not on Mac. To stay to stay healthy, to stay healthy and produce, like Joe, you the one got paid all that money and, and buy the charges. You got to produce at some point with and stay healthy and produce. Um, Derwin James is healthy finally. Like I mean, can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? That's, That's the nigga who most pressure, <laughs> Derwin James. Yeah, because I mean his pay his pay period should be coming up, right? Like I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah, he same draft as, as Lamar, so he was about to go to that fifth year option. Yeah, so I mean, look, if you want this money, son, you have to you have to step up too. Because you look at that defense, man, they're loaded on all three levels. Just a matter of if they put it together. And if they don't put it together, what happens to the coaching staff? Nothing. Nothing. Right, ain't he? Oh my bad. I mean, yeah, I know. 
I mean, I mean, even if he if he was black, like you really looking to move him after two years? Well, that that in Arizona, name you don't even remember that, right? All right. Huh? Said the black man that was the head coach of Arizona. They got run out of town with him and Josh Rosen. Oh, no, no, listen, listen, no, wait, wait, wait. I know how they do us. It's not right. We understand that. But I'm just saying for coaches in general, like how you can really expect the team to go from lottery pick to Super Bowl in two years? I ain't saying Super Bowl, but we saying Super Bowl. We saying reach the fucking playoffs. Right. You got they had the playoffs, but I mean they, 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 they had it right, right, and then right, they lost right. it. <laughs> right, NFL right, still doing right. play-ins now? You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> like I said, they had they had two options. You could either right. win it right. or tie it. Them niggas chose option B, what was losing. You're right. They definitely stacked. So I mean, like you said, I mean, you got JC Jackson and Sante Samuel Jr., Derwin James and Adderley. And you right. got Kenneth Murray Jr. at inside linebacker on the next level. They stacked defensively. But here's the crazy thing. They stacked offensively. Like, right. I mean, so Who's the back? They have Besides, no um, you got who's the Eckler, who else? They, got Spiller. they just got Spiller. Spiller, 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 yeah, yeah. And you already had Josh Kelly, too. So it's like. And again, you got the the, the golden head, golden arm quarterback that everybody want to, you know, crown as the next greatest, including myself, because that's one of the Pac-10 quarterbacks that I think I got right. There's, you know, Justin Herbert. I think he is amazing. You got to get to the the playoffs with, with this squad. You can't have a flame out at the end this, this year. You can't. Yeah. And the way the AFC is looking, 10 wins ain't going to cut it. Hell, the way the AFC West is looking, 10 wins ain't going to cut it. Mm. That's, on, that's on paper. I'm not buying none of that Denver Bronco mess. Yeah. I, I'm not buying I'm not buying Kansas City without Tyreek until you prove it. Prove it. I, I don't I don't believe all that. I believe, <laughs> I, I believe I believe a lot of teams in that division didn't do what everybody think they did to oversee outseat the Kansas City Chiefs. I Kansas City got got better defensively. They got worse offensively. You can't get worse offensively with, with one of the what good offensive coach. What you think he gonna do with uh with uh with Schuster I mean, in the slot? What I'm you think they're gonna still do with KC? Look, Kittle, Kittle said that. that he was one of the most underpaid weapons in the league, and you think he ain't gonna get open? Bro, it's not about that. Schuster can get open within 15 yards. Tyreek is a difference maker. Tyreek Tyreek is open before the snap. So I'm sorry. You're 100. percent You're 100 percent correct. So he's not gonna go from the 30 field, the 30 yard line home run with with Kansas City. They don't have that luxury no more. But can they nickel down in the, down the field and make sure that nobody can stop them? Yes. I mean, oh, how many defenses in that division did you really trust to get to him in in time before Patrick um, Mahomes going to get that ball in his hand? He already averaged two three seconds getting the ball in his hands. Now with that revamp offensive line with a year under their belt, it's going to be different. They got the running backs they want. They got the, the, the receivers they want. They did their, they do jealousies, and, and they're going to be okay. I mean, what, what did the Raiders do defensively? They'd be like, other than getting a pass rusher to help out Crosby. I mean, what did they do defensively in their backfield? 
So I mean, Ray, I don't know why we're saying they're acting like Sky Moore, Miko Hartman, and Juju Smith-Schuster slow. They still have the threat for a home run every play. They still have that. And I'm not counting Andy Reid out on offense. This nigga got to the Super Bowl with Freddie Mitchell as number one. Nah, nah, nah. D.O. got hurt. Like, come on, bro. Nah. I, I understand what y'all saying. And y'all looking at the paper. I'm not looking at the paper. Well, well, I'm looking at the coaching staff. You're looking at the coaching staff, but let's not dismiss the impact Tyreek Hill has on the defense. Miko is fast. Sky Moore is fast. Talented. Juju is talented. None of them, with all due respect, none of them is going to command the attention from your defense that Tyreek Hill does. You literally has to play an entirely different defense and because again, of him. Again, let me ask this question. Does that make them more dangerous or less dangerous? Because with Tyreek Hill on the field, no, you're watching Tyreek Hill. No, when no, no. on the field, you're watching Kelsey. I now think you feel like you can relax because they Tyreek's not there. You I think it's I think it's it's a double-edged sword. It could it depends on I think it depends on the quarterback because and I have I have this theory that how, how everybody likes to talk about teams that pass the ball more is a passing league. If you look at Kansas City and just look at the targets, they are too target heavy. Kelsey's gonna get 150, Tyreek gonna get 160. The next guy might get 70. So without Tyreek there, is it going to be a little more balanced? Is it going to come down for Kelsey? Or is going Kelsey going to stay at 150, 160s? Everybody else fit in 70. You, you know what I'm saying? I hope it becomes more like, balanced. That's what I'm thinking. Is but what you would hope, but, but that's just not the NFL. That's not these great quarterbacks. These great right, quarterbacks rely on two good. targets. If it don't, then they failed on a on a golden opportunity. And you could do that. I mean, people have wasted opportunities before. Yeah. But uh Remy says he picking the charges to win the division. Keenan is arguably the most underrated receiver in the league and somehow still top ten. Yeah, if he say healthy. Absolutely. Tony says the charges are the team to beat in the West. This this is this is great. I don't give the Chargers shit until they actually do it. I mean, they got to – I'm going with the team that's been in the AFC Championship game for the last three years as the team to beat in the West until somebody Ooh. gets wrong. Remy said you can't replace the speed. It took us four years to replace Tory's speed, and Cheetah got a whole different speed than everybody else in the league. Plus, he thinks Mahomes is a tad overrated. <sighs> It the way you read So, so who who does who does ask Remy uh, if he's listening to rank the QBs, your top ten QBs, and let me see where he got Pat Mahomes rated. No, I still don't think he's the top quarterback in the league. But when you start talking about young goat, junior goat, I'm not putting this man over Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, them all time greats. I think all-time all greats, he's probably Ted overrated. Yeah. I'm talking about right league. now. I'm about to say, any league? no, he's the best. He's the best quarterback in this league. The bottom line is he's a playmaker. 
He makes plays. Here's another bottom line. Most of the plays he made was to a guy that's now in Miami. So mm-hmm. now we have to figure out if he's still that great of a playmaker. I, I like I like Sky Moore. I do. I like uh, GG. Well, I like G. Well, GG is a good possession receiver. <laughs> I like the other fast guy they got, McCole Hartman. He stretches the field. That, I that, like that, that. that Scanlon was a good pickup too. Right. I want to know if they are going to be able to make plays consistently like Tyreek Hill did. I mean, Tyreek Hill made plays and it's not all about, the time. It's not about really that receiver. Of course, you cannot replace speed. But the most underrated shit out of everything that you're missing out is, is that offensive line. If he gives him three to five seconds, I don't give a fuck what y'all saying. He's going to get the ball in his hands. And he's going to find the open receiver. Sure. That sounds good. But, but still, I, you, put too much money, you put too much money into that offensive line, too much money and draft picks into that offensive line to not have that be the focal point of why you should not be winning for the future. If that's the well, seeds, that receiving and tight end shit is going to take care of itself. Yeah, I mean, and it goes to Pat, Patty now, like Herb said, they were too tight or too target heavy of a of a system, basically looking at two people. That's now you don't have one of those guys. Scan the field. Be the quarterback that I think you are, and everyone thinks that you are. That Remy said is overrating them. Be the best quarterback in the league that can look at multiple targets. I mean, the multiple reigning MVP got sent home both years in a row because he looked at one target. He looked Man. at Devontae Adams the whole game. And did not survey the field. That's why he's sitting home. So now you take that away. You have an offensive coach. Like I said, he got Freddie Mitchell as the number one to the Super Bowl when T.O. got down. We're down. T.O. Stop, stop saying that. T.O. was the number one. T.O. was hurt from week 14 until the Super Bowl. I'll get right here for 14 weeks. I'll get right here 14 weeks, baby. Come on. But week 14 to the Super Bowl. And when he showed up, he and when he showed up in the Super Bowl, he was the best player in, in the game. Like, right, but again, you got to get there. You got to get there. Right here. Come on. All right, Remy said, Remy said he has Aaron Rodgers at the top. Patty is up there as well. He's phenomenal. No argument about that. But he was bad in the Super Bowl that they won. He was bad for three quarters in the AFC Championship. Very true, especially this year. Patty can, can do shit nobody else can do. But he throws a lot of Brett Favre-type passes. And for whatever reason, he doesn't get criticized for it. He's an NFL equivalent. He said, "He said the difference between Deshaun Watson and Patty Mahomes is Andy Reid, Kelsey, and Tyreek." And a mm. bunch of fields. Listen, I can't argue that I'm a Deshaun Watson guy. I can't argue that at all. Listen, damn, listen. I can't tell me Deshaun Watson guy in my division now. I used to like the song Watson once upon a time. Al, stop it. Stop. We know you're a Browns fan. Just stop it. We know this. <laughs> Listen. Once upon a time, I like the song Watson. The Brett Favre type passes that doesn't get criticized. I don't know how many times I've said this. It's interesting, though. But, you know, it is what it is. In, that, in the AFC title game, a lot of terrible decisions on his part. That affected the game. Mm-hmm. But what's getting lost, we're talking about 
all these weapons and and airing it out. How many times this past season Kansas City could have put the game away if they just gave it to Clyde? Um, how many times? They tried that away, not to the way. Huh? I said they tried that in no way, not to out of hands. Okay, one game. One game at work. So they gave up. That's the what? Week three, they gave up. Week two. Week two. Like, <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> week two. That was week two. That's it. That was yeah. week two. Clyde, you out of there. Clyde, you fumbled. Nope. <laughs> and this thing out 75 times again. Right. <laughs> then they start losing. Didn't they start losing like out the break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Tyreek. Yes. Like I said, they were two looking at two people. Now, hopefully, he can add out the multiple people. Andy Reid put him in that hardball doghouse. Definitely. But listen, (laughs) let's let's transition. Let's transition. Super Bowl, he won, like you said. Damian Williams was definitely the best player on that field for Kansas City. Let's transition. Y'all see it. <laughs> Let John go, please. I John. know, right? <laughs> I didn't know. I was just trying to get my seat up, roll it up. No, I I had like you had something real good to say. Oh nah. Nah, I ain't had nothing crazy to say. It was a it was a nice, it was a nice little interview. I ain't I ain't got nothing crazy to say. Y'all go ahead and start. Go ahead, Al. I mean, it was a nice interview. It sounds good. All of that sounds good in, in TV and, and, and paper. And shit, actually, it is your time. But y'all do understand we are a spring ankle away from Nick Wall being our number one wide receiver, right? right. Oh, come on. Oh, oh my God. Throwing that shit out there. Come on. I'm just throwing it out there. Mark Andrews happened to step on a Lego on his way to the field. I'm like, all right, I ain't making it in. Nick Ball is your guy. I mean, it's just funny to hear him say, you know, that sound good on paper for Bateman, but he won't get the same benefit of the doubt. But he won't say that about Kansas City. Like, I mean, what about McCole Hartman and all of them? I just don't understand. Like, look, who has more thing. touchdowns? Who has more yards? It doesn't matter. McCole Hartman ain't matter. got it. <laughs> McCole Hartman ain't got it. Valdez Scantlin ain't got it. They got more yards and touchdowns than got Juju. What Juju got? got? What you do last year? And they had TikTok dances. That's what the fuck he well, had. I mean, come on. I mean, look, you, that dude's got to play. How he, he covered more yards on TikTok than Rashad Bateman did last year. So, look, I mean, come on. Rashad was hurt. That's my point. Okay, my so point. he said it's his time. Look, let me say this. Not only do I agree it's his time, I think it's Prochet time. I think it's Duvernay time. I think it's Tyler Wallace time. It's that time. We're going to see. Hopefully, if Greg Roman allows them to do it, we're going to see. And the no, great thing not. about this show and the people watching on Sideline Talk, we're going to know if it's Greg Roman that's not letting it happen or we're going to know if it's the people on the field not letting it happen. We're going to know because we've seen in the past. If you open, you open. It's their time to get open. Willie Sneed did not get open. That nigga took it back to Willie Sneed. I'm gonna say it because look, we we can blame you can't blame Greg Roman for Willie Sneed not getting no separation. We're gonna see if these dudes can get separation this year. It, it wasn't Willie Sneed time. Yeah, every time every time you say 
Yo, every time you say Willie Sneed, yo, I, I had that Steve and face. Like, it don't matter what rate, route he doing, he could do the little jack. Niggas like, look at him like, fuck out of here. <laughs> yo, Willie Sneed was not open. We're going to see if it's their time now. We're going to see if they can get open. More importantly than that, I'm not worried at all. We got, we have three legit pass catching tight ends and one that they possibly turning into a big body receiver. I'm not worried. Everybody that's out there wondering about the receiving the Ravens receiving core, go look up Isaiah Likely. Go watch his film. Go look up Charlie, Charlie Cola's film. Go back and refresh yourself on Devin DuVernay's film. James Prochet's film. Bateman's film. Tyler Wallace's film. DuVernay's go look at that film and see how they can be used. Devin DuVernay's film got a lot of punk returns and reverses on it right now. That's all I'm saying. And when you get done looking at that, remember that Gus Edwards averages five yards a carry. Damn. And then when you get done looking at that, remember that our other running back, who is coming off an injury, was having one of the most breakout years that you've seen from a running back in, in a long time. Not named Jonathan Taylor. Remember that, too. Remember, we just got better on the offensive line. We're getting better. We're getting more well, healthy. Well, his rookie year was better than JT's. JT just, you know, he could this year because he ain't play. Obviously. Okay. Even better. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is I'm not worried at all. He said something in that interview that made me think, like, he was like, man, if we didn't get injured, we was going to the Super Bowl. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> That's the only thing he said that made me think, like, all right, there's a little part, room for pause. Outside of that, I'm not worried about nothing. I'm not worried about this receiving core. We've seen Prochet get open. We've seen Duvernay get open. Mm-hmm. Who have we not seen get open? Willie Sneed. I can go down that list. Willie Sneed. Seth Roberts. <laughs> Seth <laughs> Roberts. Crabtree. Jeremy Macklin. Shit, you want to go all with Jeremy that? Macklin. Let's go. Keep bringing in these old-ass receivers to try to get a mean. No. What's I'm trying to bring in these old guys. Let the young guys play. They own rookie contracts. Let them play. All I'm saying is you might need an insurance policy. You don't ever want to use the insurance, but you're glad you have it when you have it. They got an insurance policy. He's 6'4", 225 pounds. And he played for Coastal Carolina. Or... I'm conf- I'm confused. What you mean? What you mean by insurance policy? Like a proven guy, like just a, a proven guy, just in case the guy you know that you, you want know. to prove it. That we want to prove it. I'm not against Prochet. I'm not against the guys. Period. I'm against the coaching. The guys ain't the problem. I've been saying this since Joe Flacco was here. The quarterback ain't the problem. Al, I thought you was letting this go. Coaching. But this is what I want to understand when you say it's, it's about the coaching. I don't hold on. Anthony Price says you bring in old guys because they're cheaper and the Ravens don't use wide receivers a lot. That half of that statement is true about bringing in old guys that they're cheaper. The second half isn't entirely true. Like every other team, just look at the numbers. Every other team. That passes the ball. You're going to look at the Ravens system and say they run the ball too much. But when you look at the numbers, you got two guys, 150 targets, 146 targets. Spread the ball around. That's the problem with the NFL. 
They don't spread the ball around. They depend on two guys and run the ball. And if the two guys aren't producing, then they, they it was a bad game. Look at it. Look at it from, from Brady to now. That's always been the case. That's always the case. Football is more than just three guys. Well, two guys in running the ball. Spread it around. Okay, Bateman, Bateman was hurt, what, four games, right? Something like that. Still have over 500 yards receiving. Or 68 targets. 68 targets. He had 48, 46 catches and 500 yards. Hollywood had 150 plus and barely went over 1,000. Like, come on. In a system where allegedly we run the ball 60% of the time and we, we target Titus more. It's not alleged. We target Titus more than anybody. Well, they didn't run the ball. Last year, because the running backs were hurt, they didn't you run the get, ball. You the year before? Last year. Al, the year before is the same thing okay. 140 targets for Mark Andrews, 115 for Hollywood Brown. The next receiver, it's the exact same thing. So, why are y'all expecting that to change? No, 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 we don't have I'm, Hollywood. So, no, why are y'all no, change? No, what I'm saying, what I'm all right, my beef is is not yeah. Ravens specific. It's NFL wide. I've been saying that for the longest. It's an NFL wide problem because you're you get all of these great gurus. Andy Reid is a great coordinator. The enemy is a great coordinator. Mike Shannon, uh, Shanahan is great. Kyle Shanahan is great. Um, the boy up in I can't think of his name in, in the Rams. He's great. Exactly. They pass the ball. They do this. They do that. Look at them. Look at the targets. It's no balance. Can you imagine how dangerous the NFL team be if it's more balanced? Tell me. So I I, I can't say nothing about an NFL team. So since we said it's my time, I'm gonna talk about my team. My team is and my offensive coordinator is not known for game planning for specific players on their team, on our team. With that being said, oh, I think ultimately it's up to Lamar to attack who's open. And that's you just what it comes down to. You ain't see him game plan 500 screens for DuVernay and, and, and Hollywood against Miami? You, you see him game plan L, 500 Tell me why his in-game adjustment was screens. I don't know. I have no idea. What you mean? I don't know. Y'all tell me. Are you being facetious or are you serious? Y'all tell me. I don't know. I don't know. I know they were blitzing a lot, but I mean, is that why? Because I swear they started doing that the same the yes. very next week. <laughs> yes. Actually, actually, and the blitz started before Miami because Cincinnati did it in the second half the week before. But it was blown up by Miami because they did it damn near all game. And a lot of the screens weren't executed properly. You see receivers, oh, my gosh. It's a tunnel screen. The receiver, instead of going to the outside man, he's going inside and leaving the outside man free. Like, Taewon, you're a coach. If, you, if you're blitzing, you're blitzing seven, eight guys, what's going to beat you? Uh, the help coming from inside. From inside. Slants inside, especially if you're sitting at the sticks and sitting at and eight, right? Correct. The slant is there. The slant ain't there. It's a screen to get, get in your playmaker's hands. Oh, you're saying you know, what's going to be me? 
Huh? Oh, I thought you were talking about offensively what's going to be. Oh. Offensively. Um, what will be yeah, that? Yeah. And then you back on somebody options. missing a tackle or somebody breaking tackles, yes. And that's your two options. So if yeah. you're not executing it properly, you fall into the defense's plan. That's just football. That's not a Raven. That's a football thing. Because teams across the board do it. They just execute it better. That's all that is. Now, what you're saying is true. Greg Roman targets a tight end, the next receiver, and then after that, it's like, bro, that got to change. The year we went 14-2, and tight end heavy. Tight end heavy. It was like Andrews got like damn near 90 targets. Um, I think Boyle had a bunch. I think it was Hayden. No, it was it was Andrews. Let me pull it up. I think it was Andrews, Boyle, then Hollywood, and then Hayden. In the 14 and 2 year. Where we was averaging 30 plus points. And that's because of scheme. Right. Am I right or wrong? but that's that's the issue with him like if if it's if it's that that's that's a, that's a problem i would rather it be i would rather it be if it no in nineteen it was Mark had Mark had ninety eight targets Hollywood had seventy one Willie Sneed had forty six that's how it was Willie Sneed was probably open three out of them forty six right <laughs> and, then, is, and them three and them three was probably screens where's the guys we have with Rashad Bateman saying it's my time with Bateman saying it's my time like we all understand Bateman fits this scheme. A lot better than Hollywood Brown. One of the, somebody asked a question. Do you think that the Ravens don't trust Lamar throwing because of his accuracy is bad? I don't think that Lamar is inaccurate. Not at all. I think that Lamar – I think Herb put this up last year. Lamar's just not taking what the defense gives him. And when Lamar takes what the defense gives him, we stay ahead of the sticks and we're a tough offense to beat. But I think he sometimes he forces the ball. That's that, which makes him look inaccurate. When it's not inaccuracy, it's just him making bad decisions. That's all. And not and to add to that point, I'm not gonna say who my source is, but I, I had a conversation with somebody very close to the situation, and I brought up to them. I was like, um, last week, last year when y'all was rolling, if you look at the targets, it was more even. Mark had like eight a game, like within the game, it was like Mark had eight, Hollywood had eight, um, Sammy had like seven. Then you had like you know, Boyle, I mean, not Boyle, uh, Pat or whoever else, and they was winning, putting up a lot of points, offense looking good. Then it started going from Lamar taking the easy stuff and spreading it around to 14 targets to this guy, 12 to that guy. The next person only had like three, and they always in dog fights and losing and looking inaccurate. And the guy said, that's how it is. He said it's it's the system is based on progressions. Yes. He said, he said the system isn't. Mind you, this is a person who's in the Raven organization right now. He said the system isn't like two reads and then Lamar pull it and run. He said it's a progression-based system. Mm-hmm. It's just at times 
whether it be the line, whether it be Lamar just not going through his progressions, it's a it's a domino effect. But the system is there for everybody to succeed. It's just putting it all together. And we well, have, like Taywan been to mention, we have guys outside of Bateman who can win one-on-one matchups across the board. If you want to play spread, you got four receivers that can win one-on-one. If you want to play 13 personnel or 23 personnel, you got Titans that are mismatches because they're big, fast, and can run routes. They put it together. This is really a mismatched team. And Herb, Herb, what you what we was talking about when we game plan for teams when we coached, right? What was one of the most important things that I always said? We have to win first down, right? Like Absolutely. you, you hear me say that so many times because when you play a a strong system based team, the way to beat that team is to keep them behind in the downs. Yeah, like you keep them to second and nine second and eight or whatever the case may be, because it it limits them, not limits them, but it limits them to a certain extent. And that's what how the Ravens are. When you get the Ravens to second and nine, second and eight, they need a big second down play right. or else that third down is dire. And you can right. feel that in the stadium. Y'all go to the game every year, yeah. every week. You can feel that in the stadium. How big is a third and nine? Like how – I know every, everybody's on pins and needles when that third and nine is up, like when the Ravens are up there, right? Like it's because the likelihood of them uh, getting the third and nine is not – I'm not going to say it's not very likely, but it's less likely. I ain't going to lie to you. It depends on who, who at quarterback. Because if, it, if it's third and nine and we like – in the full wide receiver set, I said, well, Lamar getting his first down. Mm. <laughs> if ain't nobody open, he's going to cut somebody up and get the first down. But that's that's the problem to depend on that. The biggest thing with Greg Roman, in my opinion, is not his system. It's the play-calling sequence. That's the issue. I think we all agree on that. That's the That's biggest, the biggest issue. Like, you can't come out on first down and we see 12 <laughs> personnel. We're seeing a motion. And then it, it, we got a slant. <laughs> we got a slant flat. Um Route combination with receivers in motion. John, and that will go down. It. Like, come on, y'all. We can't do that. That will go down in history as the most WTF moment I've ever seen, bro. What happened? What you know, ran zone read on goal line. Like, it's like, <laughs> bro, you just ran power five straight times to get down here, bro. And then you're going to run zone read here and get a six-yard loss? Like, right. what is happening? And then, yeah. and then, you know what's bad about it? It made it even worse. You run zone read on a goal line when your center get hurt and put a put a, a buddy that was fresh off the bench. If anything, have him run down here and block. Oh, my gosh. I hated this. Ah, oh, oh, my gosh. Remy mm-hmm. said uh, it's a combination of things. Stubborn is from John and Greg. Not necessarily Lamar's accuracy, but his decisions. He missed three or four wide-open shots that went for turnovers versus Cleveland. Very much so. Very much so. I think it's more his mechanics than – his mechanics sometimes mess up his accuracy. When he's able to – he can throw on a run, but when he's able to sit there and carve you up and feel comfortable, he will do it. But when he feels like he got to do everything and he's frustrated out there and he's getting hit, 
every which way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just gonna come flying out of there. Sometimes. You gonna do the same damn thing if you had that motherfucking tackle out there who just retired. Right, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes that shit just come out. Hey, he down that motherfucker somewhere. Bill and the waiver retired just like Sam Cook retired. <laughs> Sam told y'all at a press conference what happened. Yeah, Sam said they called me and told me they were drafting yo, and I knew. And Bill and the waiver knew. Bill and the waiver knew like week nine. Ain't not going. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm away like, look, my time here is limited. I'm nah. about to go. Baltimore Ravens fans knew week one. Right. We knew week one. Get that nigga the fuck up out of here. Yeah, I ain't care. I was like, look, is Andre Smith on still on the roster? Because he can't be worth it. Going away. He can't be. He was hurt. Yo. Smoke. <laughs> Yo, Anthony said, tell your head coach to stop going for it and just think winning the OT. He wasn't even thinking winning an OT. He didn't even want to go to OT. No, he didn't even want to go to OT. That's what he, he said. He's trying to think. Just think winning OT. But my thing is work. this, and I, it's not been his things, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just thinking last year. You got to switch up tempo. If, right. For that, that team that you have that's running people's tongue out of their mouth with that speed, with that power, running the ball left, running the ball right, running the ball up in the middle. Go up tempo. They're tired. They can't catch their breath. They can't sub out. I yeah. agree. They need to get back that back to that more often. Um, yeah, I think they did it. Was that the Rams game? We went tempo a little bit. They had some success, and then I think it was, it was either Rams. Or or yeah, it was the Rams yeah. game right out of halftime. I think. Yeah, we had some okay. tempo, and then it kind of yeah, some miscommunication there. All right. Anyway. What are you expecting from OTAs this week? So, I'll go. I expect to hear a lot of good things about Isaiah Likely. I expect to hear a lot of things about Charlie Cola. I expect to hear a lot of good things about Travis Jones. And believe it or not, I expect to hear a lot of good things from the little bit we see of Calais Campbell. I think Calais is going – we already know what Calais is. Uh, what I also expect at the end of training camp is we start talking about getting wide receivers and we start talking about getting cornerbacks that, that are out there still in free agency. Um, and like the guy who commented said, I'm hoping that we just stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Stay healthy. And are we officially a 4-3 defense? Because we got a lot of defensive linemen coming in. Multiple. And we ain't got no bit of we ain't got no bit of middle linebackers. Oh my gosh. You got Pat, but I'm sorry, Malik. It's, it's been real. Josh Bonds, your old ass, it's been real. I can't see who the name is. Whoever <laughs> he said I just thought I don't the names don't come up when I uh comments, it just say Facebook user. So I don't yeah, know who it is. That, that's Remy. That's Remy. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's me the guy. <laughs> yeah, and here just say Facebook user unless you have the, the Facebook on your phone. <laughs> I think I think the um the Ravens gonna be multiple. That's what it is. That's what you seen at Michigan when McDonald had the uh McDonald had the uh the control. It's just multiple and Based on what we've seen, he's going to blitz, but he's not blitz heavy as Wink. But 
his biggest thing is letting his pass rushers get home. He likes to get home at four with four guys. So that's something you know we've been preaching you know forever mm-hmm. since since what the the twenty sack season twenty plus sack season with Doom and uh Suggs. Doom and Suggs, yeah. Since that year, we've been preaching, bro. Can we just get home before guys? So, um, I don't think I don't expect to hear too much. Who who did Doom and Suggs have interior? Alodi. Yes, that's key. Hold on, wasn't it Brandon though? I thought that was at the Super Bowl. No, it was Brandon and Alodi. Yeah. You gotta have somebody interior. Because Haloti was only there what a year after the Super Bowl. Was it? And then he went no, to Detroit, right? he went to Philly. He was out of here fourteen, maybe fifteen. I thought he went to Detroit, then Philly. Yeah, right. yeah, he was Detroit, then Philly. I think he went to Detroit fifteen, if I'm not mistaken, or fourteen. So yeah, so around that time, yeah, it was yeah Haloti and Brandon Williams. So, but <clears throat> we're having guys like Travis Jones, like. We understand what he can can be right. as far as, you know, uh, every down type of player and pushing the pocket and actually getting home from the from the interior. But just for OTAs, I don't expect too much. I really think they're going to take um, not a cautious approach, but really focusing on keeping guys healthy. Mm. It's going to be competitive. But it might not be as strenuous as you know previous Ravens camps because guys just got to be healthy. True. Anthony says Lamar is playing with his money. You can't keep running the ball with Lamar. I got news for you, Anthony. That's what you're gonna see, sir. Back to over. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. I would never agree with that. You can't run a ball for Lamar. You got to run with the ball, Lamar. I'm about to say you have to. I mean, he's a he's a weapon. Like, you can't really. I don't think you want to go into a battle using half of your weapons. You got to use the full arsenal. You have to. And that's part of his full arsenal, unfortunately. Fortunately, actually, for us. Unfortunately, he, he was gifted to do that. Like, right. this is what it is. That's like telling. That would be like telling. Um, Uh, LeBron in Miami, don't drive to the rim. You guys, you gotta be a spot up shooter. Going downhill, like you can't stop me. Is, is Lamar gonna be there? Huh? No, Lamar gonna be there. I doubt if he's in OTAs. He might show up a little bit, but he ain't gonna. I wouldn't. Why you doubt Lamar be at OTAs? I'm just saying he ain't been in nothing else. Right. I wouldn't. I mean, he's doing work with, uh, um, "Quote unquote mechanics guru." I would just continue doing that. Why wouldn't you go to OTAs? I'm just saying he ain't been to nothing else. We've seen a lot of the other big name quarterbacks at, a, at their team stuff, and we just haven't seen Lamar at ours. That's all. Mm. At the voluntaries. I mean, I wouldn't read anything into it. I just wouldn't expect him to be there. I mean, Deshaun Watson was at OT at, at voluntary workouts. He you took his that. team to the Bahamas. No spy days. But he did take him to the Bahamas. <laughs> no spy days no at all. That's how. 
want to know why, like, everybody believes Lamar is going to get hurt so easily when he take care of his body. He gets hurt more in the fucking pocket than he do when he do when he rushes. Right. I mean, he got hurt. Nobody talks center. about why because look, because Josh Allen is six six and two whatever. And ain't nobody scared of him getting fucking hit all the runs. He got more rushing touchdowns than everybody. Right. So. I, I think mean, that's a, a is, weak narrative. Like, he got hurt in the pocket with his ankle with Cleveland. And he got hurt the year before because the center hiked the ball over his fucking head. And he got a concussion. He's not really been, you know. And so. and, and for the for the majority of his career, he's a pocket passer. Right. Who's willing to stay in the pocket, but he can get out of trouble. And that's what he does. That's what he's always been. Like, if you Lamar can get injured today, like you can't think scared, man. Just play the game. True. And for that matter, anybody can get injured. Huh? Anybody can get injured. Yeah, like you can't we can't you can't think that way. You can't pay nobody that way. If you're if especially especially nowadays, the way technology is and these doctors, I, I think damn man, you come back from anything. Except paralysis, right? Because people come at, like David Ojabo had on shoes practicing today, working out. Two weeks ago, when he showed up for the uh, the little rookie camp, he had a whole boot on and on crutches. Mm-hmm. Like, like, come on! And we didn't we didn't watch uh, Joe Burrow get his ass whipped all through the playoffs and shit. Get hurt and had to play through injury in the pocket. So I mean that, that narrative is is weak. I mean, Deshaun Watson was is the most hit quarterback. And we don't know if he's gonna ha- not be still the most hit quarterback in Cleveland because fucking Cleveland gave up 40 plus sacks last year with uh with, with Baker Mayfield. So and you can say what you want. The Ravens shut Lamar down last year. I, I, I'm not about his ankle was his ankle no, was hurt. I, I think I think it was a short enough bone bruise though. It, it might have been a bone bruise, but I think they shut him down. Like if he if we hadn't made the playoffs, you know, it's potential he could have came back in the playoffs. And but they they was they shut him down. Remy said people don't think Josh Allen runs too much because he's white. Plain and simple. That's why people don't bring up Josh Allen. He had a ton of injuries his career. Plain and simple. We get it. We understand it. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing about sideline talk. We gonna give y'all. The real, unfiltered truth, and we got to stop letting, you know, the national media lie. Like, come on, man. These, these little fake narratives they be putting out of there, nah, we ain't going for that no more, man. Tell people the truth. All right, position battles. We can end it on this one. Any position battles that you're looking forward to in camp? Actually, before I do that, before I do that, um, Jeff Zarebic posted earlier that um, EDC is, you know, looking to move Chuck Clark. So I'm guessing Chuck ain't, you know, really vibing with the the safety moves. What's the best? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we, we get that. We get it. We get it. But... What would be, especially, like, I wouldn't say compensation-wise, because, you know, Eric always thinking the team going got to win out of a trade. So he's going to get something solid for him. 
But what team could benefit from um, having Chuck Cluck on their roster? <sighs> mm. I'm not really sure. Not all speak at once. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know what team can, can benefit the most from having him on their roster. I know what we can benefit from getting him off of our roster. We can get like, we can get a cornerback. I we need a cornerback, in my opinion. We need another corner. Mm-hmm. I do like uh, Jalen Amar Davis or uh, I think that's his name. <laughs> what his name? What's his name? Amar Davis. Jalen Amar Davis, yeah. Yeah. But I think we need another veteran cornerback. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I think that we can get that in free agency, but what can we possibly get for Chuck Clark? A three, maybe? Bruh, we tried to cheat, trade Chuck Clark Mm-mm, don't say it. to Philadelphia for Jalen Rager. The nigga's like, nah, we good. Just <laughs> say for Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> <laughs> we tried for Jalen Rager, and it was like, no, we good. So unless you want go ahead just – just let him play it out, and let's get these comp picks because that's pretty much all you're gonna be getting for Chuck. Let's keep it a buck. I disagree. You can trade that nigga to the Texans right now. I think you're gonna get solid compensation for him. Um, it's just a matter of where he gonna go. Treat that nigga like <laughs> Steph Curry. Kind of NBA. Fuck that. But I don't. I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect any. Like, Taewon, you said Ravens need a veteran corner. And it's funny because it's like you and Allo on the opposite. Y'all, y'all have the same mindset but on opposite positions. Allo talking about getting insurance policy at receiver. You're saying getting veteran corners and going with the young guys at receiver. I think we have a wide corner so, and middle linebacker need for me. I don't see I don't see no moves happening until after OTAs. At least after like the first couple of weeks of OTAs. Cause that way you can see you can you can get a feel of who's who. How how quickly can these young guys translate? But as far as corners on the market, like we mentioned it before, Chris Harris will be solid. Jason Verrett will be solid. Um, I mean, y'all might y'all might hate a little bit, but I wouldn't mind AJ Bouye. Oh my god, I wouldn't mind it. Like that. I wouldn't mind Bouye. He could play. I don't mind him. If that nigga coming in, in the red zone, yeah, I don't mind that. He coming in the red zone, be good. And he <laughs> anywhere else in that field? Fuck that motherfucker. I, <laughs> hell no, John. Just because you said that, we gonna sign AJ Bouye. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> And then the niggas gonna be lined up against him like this nigga. But <laughs> <laughs> in the red zone, I mean, he one of the niggas that don't give up touchdowns. But he gonna give up a hundred plus yards. He ain't gonna give up that touchdown though, so he can play in the red zone. Hey, back to the uh, the Bateman uh, interview. Um, what did y'all think of Marlon's comments when he was talking to, uh, about Bateman when he said? That uh, when we were we were in practice and you went down, I was upset because like I look at the receiver room, you're the quickest guy there, and I'm I'm losing valuable reps because you're not out there. How'd mm-hmm. y'all feel about about that that comment? 
Like with Hollywood, with Sammy, with Bait, with Prochet, with Duvernay, he said, no, nah, this rookie is the quickest thing that we had to offer. Mm-hmm. And Marquise is the fastest. I think he's the quickest. I, I agree with that. I think off the line, those first two, three steps, Rashad Bateman's very quick. Again, wow. as I say this for the 19,000th time, I have not one issue with any of our wide receivers. I think Bateman is going to produce. I think he's very quick. I think he has great routes. And he was talking about the the – the um, you know what I mean? He hit him up with at the um practice, and he burned um Marlon on. Like that's just we we've seen that from Bateman already, so I know he can produce. So I trust us getting the ball to him with a perfect play call. Yes, if you can get do the I ball trust. Hollywood, let's perfect. say do you trust. I say do I trust? <laughs> so you so want no perfect play calls for Hollywood Brown? He had a game. Oh, Maybe shit. three. Hollywood had that like eight, he had that eight touchdowns a season, and he had a game. All right. No, cool. G-Roll, oh, about three great <laughs> games a year. He gave him a three-game average. That's crazy. All right. Remy said, Tay, you're going to be mad as hell when we sign Quintores Lopez Jones, and he take his snaps from Bateman. I Tay, would be hot. Yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely going to be upset about that. You're right. Super hot. I'm – my closet, not that's all I'm saying. Forget all that bullshit. <laughs> I, I would I love definitely Julio. rock with a 11, 11 Raven Julio. Love me some Julio Jones, but nope, no thank you. Maybe ain't taking rocks from Bateman. I mean, you say where you at, Doc? Pro maybe Tyler Wallace. Yeah, all right, cool. But nah, man, ain't gonna be on Bateman. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, Remy, I'm sorry. I'm good. We we I had enough Julio. faith in Tyler Wallace. We had. Sam Cook throw him a goddamn pass. That's what he got on the field. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's see. Before we get out of in that closet. In that closet? What are you talking about? I don't know. I know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Remy. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's see. We got anything else? I think that's it, man. Yeah, that's it. Any final score for the game tonight? Oh, wow. Marcus Smart is out for game four as well. Miami won. Al Horford better have a 50-plus night. But that Swiss bike about to come the fuck on tonight. Tell <laughs> y'all this shit now. No all the deep. I'm sorry. No hero. No Marcus Smart. Oh, man. No, I said I would be happy to have his jersey thrown in my closet with no. number 11. No, that's what you meant. Well, you, you said something about my closet will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely said my closet. <laughs> oh, well. See, that's why Remy, that's why Remy ain't on here no more. Because that's shit like that. Be happy, take, yo, Remy, Remy in, in red fashion, man. Catch me. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yes, I would be happy to have a Ravens 11 Julio Jones jersey. Right there with the rest of the old jerseys that I have, I can no longer wear. <laughs> you told me he's gonna be happy and he's gonna be cussing Julio out for not getting open. <laughs> Julio ain't never open, just throw it to him. He go get it. <laughs> Julio never open, just throw him the ball. 
You know how many interceptions that man had to catch from from oh, Maddie week on? <laughs> oh man, but the Colts Colts offense should be pretty good with Matt Ryan. Yeah, they got Nick Foles. See how that go. They got That's Nick another team to see how that goes. That's another team that's like that's that's on the radar. It could be something serious if they put it together. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm interested in is uh right now is to see what's going on with the Washington Commanders, bro. Because uh they seem like they about to take some owners count um votes to see if they're gonna um get rid of ship, Dan out, ship out Dan Snyder for all the allegations he got against them. And what's been interested is they just bought a two hundred um acres in Virginia. That was like worth over a hundred million dollars. So they still thinking about moving the team to Northern Virginia. That's not that far from DC. So Bruh. that's gonna be interesting to see what that's gonna shake off with that. I I came across a lot of DC fans within like the last couple months, and all I've been hearing, bro, if they move, if they move this team to Virginia, <laughs> it's a hurt. Make some room for me down ninety five. <laughs> up 95. Make some room for me. Up 95. I'm getting my Lamar Jackson jersey and all this and that. Like, come on, man. Don't take, like, come on. You Don't move the skins. I mean, commanders. 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 Move yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that will always be funny to me. All right, man. We definitely appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Continue to follow us at the Sideline Talk on Instagram. In the Facebook group, hashtag sideline talk, where there's a lot of debates, a lot of comedy. It's a whole lot going on in that group. Appreciate y'all. Follow us on YouTube at sideline talk underscore SLT. And on Twitch, just type in sideline talk. We're on Twitch as well. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us. See y'all again next week. Be blessed. Yeah.